Eight weeks of the college football season are in the books, which means eight weeks ago, none of us had any clue if Oklahoma was truly a college football playoff slash national championship contender. I remember that time. There were so many unknown questions. Who's going to start at running back? Who will catch all the passes from Baker Mayfield? Who will start at middle linebacker? What about the cornerback position opposite Jordan Thomas? All of those questions were on the table. But the biggest question, like pretty much every year, was will the defense be good enough? Four weeks into the season, the answer to that question was a resounding yes. Eight weeks into the season, the answer is now a resounding no. We learned a lot about Oklahoma's defense on Saturday, mainly that this unit is incapable of stopping a one-dimensional, non-triple option rushing offense. The reality, that's deeply unsettling. Sure, Kansas State played well. The Wildcats practiced too, after all. And of course, every team playing the Sooners treats it as their Super Bowl. But OU knew Alex Delton could barely throw a forward pass. And yet he rushed for 140-plus yards and three touchdowns. K-State had 268 yards rushing. For context's sake, Texas allowed just 140. TCU, a meager 70. The Horned Frogs knew Alex Delton was coming. They figured it out and shut him down. The Sooners knew Alex Delton was coming, and the Sooners almost let Delton beat them and ruin the season. Yes, OU survived in Manhattan on Saturday, but this team doesn't look to be getting better as the season progresses. At best, it seems like the Sooners have plateaued. But hey, at this time last week, I was feeling pretty optimistic following that Texas win. And maybe a week from now, I'll go back to feeling that way, rendering everything I just said pointless. I hope that's the case. But as of right now, the answer to the question, is OU a playoff team? is no. What will the answer be four weeks from now? I'm Lee Benson, and this is West of Everest. Mayfield, play fake. Mayfield delivers. Brown, Hollywood, Brown, down the sideline. And he goes down at the five. Marquise Brown goes 66 yards on the pass from Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma would score two plays later to take a 35-28 lead over Kansas State. And with that, we welcome you into West of Everest. Once again, I am Lee Benson. I'll bring my brother Grant in here in a moment. But first, we'll like, we would like to thank everyone who's been listening to the show ever since we started it back in the end of August. If you have a moment, please leave us a rating or even a review on iTunes that would be greatly appreciated. And also, West of Everest, available on iTunes and also SoundCloud. So if you'd like to contact the show, get on the show. Let us know what you think about it so far. You can email us, westofeverest at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Lee Benson News 9 and Grant at GrantBenson25. So with that, let's bring Grant into the fold. Grant, sure you uh, have lots of... Lots of thoughts from the game from Saturday night. What is your initial takeaways from OU's touchdown win by a touchdown margin over the Wildcats? I'm honestly just getting really tired of these close games. I mean, this. It, it, do you remember anything like this in, in past seasons? Something, Anything like this? I mean, this is four straight games where 
the, the game has been in doubt in the fourth quarter. It's gone, and it's like it's come it's come down to the last possession. Isn't that insane? Four straight games. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it, it, I guess you know, you know, you know that meme Grant you see on the internet with uh, that guy that has his he's pointing to his head and he's kind of got the smile on his face and it has like a whatever. Yeah. You know, it, it. I'm sure most people know what I'm talking about. With this one, you know, at least Oklahoma didn't blow a, a two touchdown, three touchdown lead and let the team come back. But you know what? You can't blow a twenty point lead if you never get a twenty point lead. That's and picture that picture that meme. It's a very good point, Lee. It's a very good point. What what a so, what a weird yeah. game that was. Just a really just a really weird game. I I have absolutely no feel on this football team whatsoever. I you remember that was that was kind of our that was kind of our thought before the Texas game a little over a week ago when you were talking about it, we have absolutely no idea what this team is like, uh, you know, shame on us because apparently that's just going to be a trend going forward. I have absolutely no idea who's going to show up, what this team is, at least on one side of the ball. It, on another side of the ball, I'm, I know pretty much exactly what we're going to get. Um, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I just have no idea. Uh, but I, I thought they played, played well last week against Texas. Um, it just, took a step back this week there's really no no other well uh nothing else to say about it after the game uh, mike stoops was talking about the, the defensive effort and he said one thing that really stood out to me and he mentioned that uh, from his perspective it really seemed like kansas state it was like trying to stop a wing t offense and grant you and i are from minnesota and maybe a lot of other states have high school teams similar to Minnesota's but as you remember back when we were growing up playing high school football a lot of teams around were still running wing t offenses in the veer and and it's just old school smash mouth football we're going to overpower you with our blockers and, and we're stronger than you are we're going to push you out of the way and also use a lot of misdirection so in that sense Mike Stoops is correct that was like a lot of wing t football because Kansas State just overpowered Oklahoma for much of the first half at the point of attack outnumbered their uh, outnumbered Oklahoma's defenders with more blockers and Alex Delton and other running backs were able to pick up positive yardage. Well, I just want to get your thoughts. I mean, for my opening take about the fact that Oklahoma, you know, sure. After halftime, the defense played better. Great. But coming into the game, first half, it seemed like they hadn't watched any film all week long. I mean, they knew that Alex Delton couldn't really throw the football yet. Kansas State was able to run the football very easily. That's that's alarming, right? That they they couldn't shut down a one-dimensional team like that. I think it is. Yeah, absolutely, especially after you know there's there's teams who you would like to think that, you know, your defense is equal to theirs that they were able to shut down Kansas State or at least not to the tune of, of you know, to what we saw last night. I think they only had 70 yards rushing against TCU last week. Uh yeah, I mean, I think the only way to describe the the performance of the defense in the in the first half was just totally unacceptable um I, it was embarrassing to be honest. I, have you ever I, i'm just not sure if i've really ever seen that from an ou team and they, they i mean just up and down the field uh kansas state was doing whatever they wanted and when i say whatever they wanted i don't mean just you know calling whatever and it was working i mean they literally called one play pretty much the entire first half and it kept working over and over and over again and i just i I don't really know how how you let that happen, Lee. I, I just don't. Well, upon watching the film in the first half, I mean, if you all remember listening to this podcast last week, I said the best way to attack this this defense was to have the very similar game plan defensively that Oklahoma had against Texas, where it was very aggressive, play a lot of man coverage, and blitz a lot more than Oklahoma has normally blitzed throughout this season. 
And I really wish they would have done that. Now, they got half of that right. Oklahoma did play a lot of man coverage in this game, except what as far as the blitzing go, Oklahoma very rarely blitz. And you're probably thinking, well, why would they blitz? It's it's a team that doesn't want to throw the football really at all. Well, what some blitzing would have done or maybe some some run blitzing would have done is it would have forced Kansas State to get uncomfortable because they were basically running that play left, right, handing off to the running back. And Oklahoma was kind of sitting back and just catching it all. They were letting it all come to them as opposed to forcing the issue and trying to pressure Kansas State into doing something or make a mistake. And that's exactly what Kansas State wanted Oklahoma to do because they were hoping that Oklahoma would kind of sit back on their heels, try to read keys, and then react. And that's what Oklahoma did for the entire first half. And it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And they never changed anything. And you could tell that when halftime hit and they had time to talk about it and think about it, Boom, right away, the first three possessions of the second half for Kansas State, you could tell Oklahoma's defense got way more of a push at the point of attack, the defensive line, and the linebackers were a lot more aggressive coming up and just just trusting their reads and going after Delton and the, and the ball carriers, and Oklahoma's defense looked a lot better. And really, if it wasn't for Austin Seibert dropping that punt and giving, uh, giving Kansas State rather some life, who knows? Maybe Oklahoma would have gone on to win that game by three or four touchdowns because the defense was playing so conf- with, with so much confidence and slowing down Kansas State, but that that big play kind of gave the Wildcats more life. So, uh, yeah, it's great that Oklahoma's defense got better after halftime. I love halftime adjustments, so that's good. But the fact that they were woefully ill-prepared going into the game in the first 30 minutes minutes is is very troubling it just is I mean Oklahoma if they want to be that championship caliber team they can't let teams like Kansas State even though it's it's on the road I don't care you can't let Kansas State hang into those games it's just it's disappointing it was really disappointing um I I I did watch the game over a a few hours ago Lee um I, I I thought you know the biggest difference in the second half once they actually started to defend the run a lot better was uh, those linebackers on the edge, just kind of setting the edge and actually just being a little more aggressive on the edge, especially Caleb Kelly. Caleb Kelly had a really good second half, uh, kind of the first time this year we've seen him actually flash and make some really good plays. Um, that, that is really what it was. They were uh, Kansas State in the first half. They were they were outnumbering Oklahoma on the you know at the point of attack. They were just getting a hat on a hat. And uh, Joe, Joe Klatt, the color commentator, said it numerous times. That's kind of the advantage that running the quarterback gives you. It gives you an extra guy to block with. And Kansas State continued to just take advantage of that. Um, I, I went back and forth in my head about whether or not uh, they should have been bringing pressure. I, I'm assuming the reason why they weren't. I, I'm guessing Mike Stoops was uh, was worried about bringing pressure uh being undisciplined with their gaps and then giving up a long touchdown run, which is kind of what they were doing anyway. So, you know, I, you might as well, you might as well kind of, you know, give uh, it a shot, give it a shot. Um, and I, I did, I did finally settle on, yeah, they, they should have been bringing a lot more pressure on the edges, uh, just because it, it was that, is that same play that Kansas State kept running just the, the, the counter with the quarterback. They, they had to have run that play or at least variations of the play. And I'm not even kidding here, at least 35 or 40 times in the game. Um, and that's a really slow developing play. It would have been nice to, to see some just some pressure on the edges, um, and I think sometimes they probably would have guessed wrong and, and not blitz from the right angle, and they probably would have given up some chunk yards. But they were doing that anyway. Uh, we always say it with playing defense. I, I I never I always like to be the aggressor. I never like to to force the defense to just take 
you know, what you're giving them. I always want the defense to, to dictate how the game plays. And, and I don't want you to play the, uh, you know, the offense's game. And we saw, we saw basically just a, a perfect example of Kansas state, um, playing the exact type of game they want to play. That was, that game was the first half of that game. Lee was Kansas state porn to them. That's what, <laughs> seriously, that's what it was. That That's all that they, they, they they held on to the ball for an incredibly l- large amount of time. Uh, they they were imposing their will in the run game. They were picking up you know eight nine ten yards a pop on the run on that stupid little uh, the stupid counter play that Colin Klein used to run so effectively. Except now you got Delton running it and he can actually run. Um, and then of course on defense uh, they were giving up a lot of yards but keeping everything in front of them, turning over OU and in really inopportune moments. It was just just the perfect perfect Kansas State game in the first half, and it drove me insane because I it's it drives me it drives me nuts watching Kansas State actually succeed in their game plans because they're so simple and they're so uh, it's it's hard to explain almost to the point because they, they never blow you away with what they're doing. And, and yet for some reason they, they're just so effective at it. And they, you know, I, Joel Klatt can uh, over the, over the course of the entire first half kept talking about just how great of a game plan Kansas state was having. And the entire time I was just throwing my hands up and saying, Joel, man, this is their game plan literally in every game since Bill Snyder, <laughs> since Bill Snyder has been the head coach there. They, they've done, this is exactly what they've done. And you, they always know right from the get go to it's and they knew right from, from the get go because they were having success in the run game. If if the Sooners would have put them off schedule uh, on the first couple even plays of the game, their their offense just kind of goes in the tank if you put them behind schedule on first and second down. You saw that in the second half, and and really if Kansas State can't pick up two yards, three yards on first and second down, they're screwed. They're pretty much screwed. Uh, that happened in the second half last night, obviously not in the first half, where they, Kansas State executed their offense to perfection. Not much of an offense. They run three or four plays, but I mean, I, I, guess, yeah, tip, you, I, I guess tip your cap. Cause I, yeah, you, you just hit on it. That, that's the key. I mean, you mentioned they were picking up nine, ten yards with Delton. Really, though, it, it wasn't always chunk yards, but the key was it was always positive yardage in the first half. Oklahoma was never able to really stop them for no gain or a gain of one. It was always two, three, four, five yards. So it, it always created doubt in the minds of Oklahoma's defense of like, is this going to be the play where they run a play action and, and send somebody deep? Or is this going to be... So it was always third down and manageable, second down and manageable. And, and that is the bread and butter of Kansas State. And really what happened was, and it sucks to say this, but the second play of the game when Kansas State was able to break off that long 75-yard touchdown run on that play Oklahoma was playing aggressive man they brought Will Johnson from the safety position to to blitz on the outside gap and the running back cut his his uh his route not his route his run inside he did a good job of finding the hole and Johnson went to the outside because he saw the running back going over there and with Johnson blitzing there's nobody in the middle of the field and boom it was an easy touchdown and I think after that play that made Mike Stoops probably gun shy the rest of the the rest of the day. He didn't really want to send any more any more pressure because that one time he did it, it didn't work out well, and uh, and Kansas State burned him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I, I here here here's what I would do as a defensive coordinator, and obviously Mike Stoops has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. Um, I with. With this type of team, I, I just don't understand the idea of not being as as aggressive as humanly possible on the defensive side of the ball. 
if you give up a touchdown, I mean, who cares? Honestly, you have you have the best offense in college football. Uh, you know, on your team, you have the best player in college football on your team. He's going to go down and score anyway. Uh, I, I just I I don't see it as a big deal as that. And I understand being scared because you never want to give up big plays, but. I guess you know the trade-off would be at least you know you, you 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 get to give the ball back to Baker Mayfield and your defense wasn't on the field for that long. So I I, I would much rather give up those long seventy-five-yard touchdown runs than than watch Kansas State go down the field in seven minutes. You know, picking up six, seven yards every single every single play. That I mean, that's that that's just debilitating. It just it takes your will. You know, it it, it takes your want and your will from wanting to win the game. It's just a it's it just it just it just kind of kicks your butt is what it does. And you know what makes it even worse? And, and you know, I mean, we're, we're piling on, but it made it even worse, at least for me. And again, I was on the sidelines. I was in Manhattan. And you know what? I got I to gotta give a, sh- a shout out to, uh, to Mother Nature for holding up because the weather was just fine. The weather never came. It was never rainy. It was never even that really that windy. So the weather wasn't a factor at all. I was down on the field all ready for a big downpour, and it never came, which I was very thankful for. So you see the score of this game, you might think, oh, wow, maybe weather was a factor and it was just a, you know, a big high-scoring affair because people were slipping around, couldn't tackle people. No, I mean, Kansas State just ground, I mean, used the running, running plays and, and really grinded on the clock. But back to my original point, what made things worse is whenever we saw Delton actually attempt to pass, it just looked so darn ugly. <laughs> I mean, he, he threw some, some wobblers, some ducks, and... It never really looked pretty, but the ball always got there. He got was 12 of 14, Grant, mm-hmm. for 144 yards. And, yeah, he did throw the one interception, which was a, which was a really bad throw. But, heck, he was able to be effective, and that's what made it even more, more sad is because he had no business completing all those passes. Granted, None. a lot of them were quick little, little um, swing passes that were designed to be easy completions. And he completed those, of course. But, I mean, the couple, you know, the three, four, five times he actually threw the ball downfield with the exception of the interception, he completed Ugly. All. And they were ugly, too. They were all ugly. So, yeah, I, I thought it was funny, Lee. Our, um, our cousin, his family, they're, they're Kansas State fans. He texted me after the game and said something on the lines of, yeah, that, was a, that was a good, tough win for OU. And I just texted back. I said, "Alex Delton is the worst thrower of the forward pass in all of college football," and I and I actually I actually mean that. He is certainly the worst thrower they've seen this year, and that that includes uh, the guys from UTEP and Tulane. Um, he's awful throwing the football. He is absolutely atrocious throwing the football. And then uh, Lee Art, uh, James said, "He's like, yeah, but if you're going to be honest, Kansas State kind of has a history of of taking guys like that and being able to compete." And you know what? I that's, that's and he certainly did. That's, that, that's played really, really well. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because he is right. I, when has Kansas State really ever had anyone who's good at throwing a forward pass? Never really. So I think El Roberson could throw a little bit. Uh, that, I mean, that was literally 18 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I at Michael Bishop too. We want to go back. Yeah, that far. yeah. Bishop could throw a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I it's. It's just frustrating. I, I I honestly don't have have a lot to say. You know, cause we, we everyone watched the game in the first half. They just got their butts handed to them physically. Hat on a hat, couldn't get off blocks, and and that was it. Good night, Irene. They were lucky to only be down by fourteen, um, w- with how they played. I, I'm I'm sure you could also say you know 
Kansas State was lucky that it was on that it was a fourteen point game because because OU kind of kind of screwed up some scoring opportunities. But do we want to transition to the offense, Lee? Real quick, let's just let's end on some positive for the defense because yeah, we've mentioned the second half, but let's specifically talk about the second half. Again, right off the bat, great job making adjustments. Clearly, Oklahoma's defense was ready to go after halftime. And you could tell right from the beginning, the defensive line got a big push. Right on, First two plays, they put Kansas State behind the chains. And look what happened. Kansas State was third and long for the very first time all game. And they threw a, a safe swing pass out and weren't able to get the first down. And, and then... On the next drive, Oklahoma gave up a first down or two, but then forced Delton into another third and ten, and Delton was forced to run it, and then was forced out of bounds by Kenneth Murray. So the whole—I mean, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but uh, Oklahoma did a nice job of getting Kansas State behind the chains for a change and putting them in a spot where they were uncomfortable. And Oklahoma's defense played a lot better. And, and once again, if uh, I'm curious to see what, what would have happened if uh, Austin Cyber wouldn't have had that that punt snap go through his hands because it seemed like even though Oklahoma's drive had stalled there and, and Kansas State was getting the football back, obviously the field position would have been a lot different and Oklahoma's defense still had a lot of momentum. So uh, I guess you want to end things on a positive note. The defense yeah. did play better in the second half and hopefully that continues and they'll be more prepared for Texas Tech coming up next week. Yeah, I mean, they, they clearly played better in the second half. It was nice to see, especially in the third quarter. Um Outside of three plays, that the defense was was very good in the second half yesterday. Um, those, those three plays I mentioned were all uh, uh, were were all throws by Delton. You know, the the two long ones and then the touchdown pass. That was all pretty pretty bad defense. Uh, but other than that, I, I thought the defense was good in the second half. Um, and I, I guess just to put a bow on everything, Lee is I, I I think just the most right take about this is, is I, I mean, this team and this defense, they're just, they're just a whole, a whole lot like last year. Uh, this team is a lot like last year. If you think about it, I mean, this was this, this was the same week last year where they went on the road, you know, in Lubbock and won 66 of 59 and couldn't get Patrick Mahomes off the field. Um, so, so I guess if, if we want to put a positive spin on it, I mean, from that game last year, the defense improved markedly. Uh, at the end of October and, and the rest of the season. So hopefully the same thing can happen. You know, we've we've seen the Sooners play play really good defense this year. We know they can do it. We know they have the athleticism and the talent to do it. It's just, it, it's that consistency. And, and I think that's just who they are right now. They're just an inconsistent team. Uh, they have they have the capabilities of being great, of being good sometimes, and, and just downright awful sometimes too. Um, and so obviously we hope in November and, and this last game in October that we get the great defense a majority of the time. Can they do it? I I don't know. They're they're starting to they're starting to prove that maybe they can't. Um, and, and I just think that's that's being honest about it. But um, it, it's going to help. You know, they they forced two turnovers yesterday. So if, if if they could you know start doing that every game, that that'll at least help. Yeah, and one of the turnovers, Jordan Thomas getting his first i think it's his first interception of the season if i'm not mistaken I don't, yeah, yeah i mean there are definitely there's very few turnovers i think it's only i think it's only the team's third of the year motley's got the other two and that's it yeah and and thomas to his credit he didn't bite on the double move he stayed with his man and he i mean it was a, a again it was a poor throw by delton but it was a nice catch by jt he used mm-hmm. his hands and went up the sideline and it was really cool because he was he was running right at me i was right there and i was like come on score 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 because mm-hmm. it would have been a great highlight and uh, but unfortunately, wasn't able to score, and Oklahoma was only able to manage a field goal 
on that possession. And that, yep. that'll transition. Let's transition now into the offense. And, of course, overall, the offense played really well again. I mean, Baker Mayfield played a fantastic fantastic game and when I got off the field and and got done with all the post-game interview stuff like that and finally had a chance to look back at the numbers Baker Mayfield 410 yards passing I I had no idea he was over 400 yards because it, it just didn't seem like it, it was that much but then I looked I th- kind of thought back and thought yeah I guess it makes sense there's a ton of chunk yardage pass plays mm-hmm. in that game and Oklahoma's offense what did they how many yards did they accumulate oh they game? had like 620 or something like that yeah. So once again, against a defense like Kansas State that's ranked kind of up there, you know, middle roadish towards the upper part of the Big 12, Oklahoma had no trouble really moving the football at all. Yeah, it's it almost exactly what I was expecting on uh, on the offense side of the ball. They moved the ball at will, uh, and I expected them to. Um, really, the only thing that stopped Oklahoma in this game was just getting, just getting too cute on offense. That was it. Um, other than that, Kansas State had one legitimate stop on OU. That was their uh, their second possession of the game. They went three and out. Um, even on that, Baker had a couple wide open receivers that he missed for a first down. Um, OU's the, was that the drive when Mark Andrews was just short of the first down? Yep, yep. He had Michael Jones wide open on the other side of the field for for a much easier first down. Um, if he just looked to the other, I thought side. that was a a really bad spot. Uh, did you watch the TV? I I didn't think it was. I thought they got that right. I watched. I, it I thought. I, I thought he was still still a little bit short, but it seemed like they marked it like a like a whole full yard yeah. back where they should have. Like, I mean, not that I don't know if they would have gone for it if it was fourth and inches. Oh, can we fourth and a yard and a half? Can, but anyways, that's a random. Doesn't matter. Yeah, can I throw this out just while while we're talking about it because it, it it came across my mind. How ridiculous was it? How many game stoppages there were for reviews and what? That was ridiculous. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, that. And and I know, on the 30-minute yeah. delay to the kickoff time. Yeah, and, 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 and I the know, game yeah. ended around, what, 8, it seemed like? I mean, yeah. 7, 30? I mean, it was, yeah. And it seemed, and you know what? They they got every every call right, so I'll give them credit there. But there was a lot that just had no business being reviewed. That It was clear as day that they made the right call. And I, I'm just throwing that out there because it just, it just frustrated me. There was just a lot of stoppages in play in that game. And it just, it just bugged me as, you know, having to watch it on TV. Um but back to the OU offense, uh, they were they were dominant. They they did whatever they wanted. Um, they, they they probably should have scored over fifty points in this game. Like I said, it was it was just getting too cute that stopped them. Um, mainly the the wildcat stuff, which I hope we never see again. Um, I, I I thought that last year. I, I hated when when they ran that with P Ryan last year too. The wildcats just said it's I I don't like the formation. Uh, I I just don't and. And of course, I say that. And the ironic thing is that Kansas State ran for 260 yards, basically running out of the Wildcat the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sure. But it, the thing is, it's it, it's pretty easy to stop something when you know when you know it's coming, unless you're the OU defense in the first half of that game. Um, well, here you go, so. Grant. Though, I mean, let's let's go right into it. That whole that whole series, that whole sequence, when it was the second quarter. And all of a sudden, you had Dimitri Flowers and Trey Sermon running the Wildcat, and he had Baker Mayfield not in the game. He had third and one, then fourth and one, and just stuffed. I mean, the question is: I mean, was Baker is make is Mayfield not healthy? And oh, uh, yeah, he is. I, that's the th- okay. We're I. They they were making a huge. They were trying to make a huge story out of that on TV. But he is. I mean, he he 
I mean, at, at halftime, Lincoln said, oh, yeah, he's fine. I, I, Lincoln was just, he's just getting too cute. That, that's what he was doing. I, I mean, you even saw it in the second half with him bringing Kyler Murray on the field for a handful of plays, and I think that was just an extension of what you saw in Columbus, them just trying to show something different. I, 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 I know Baker took some hits, you know, running the ball in this game, but he, he seemed fine to me. But I, I know pe- people were, were trying to make a story out of that, be- probably because of what Joel Klatt was saying, you know, on the TV broadcast. But Baker looked completely healthy to me, so I guess I, I, well, I don't really know where it came from. Well, so okay, so again, just for I guess journalism's sake, Lincoln Riley was asked about that after the game about bringing in Dimitri Flowers and Kyler Murray for some plays, and he 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 was asked, "Hey, was that just kind of the game plan, or was there something going on with Baker?" and and basically Riley just said, "No, it's it's just us calling plays that I think will help us win." And he even mentioned like, "You know, you all want to make more out of it. I'm just telling you that I'm being as honest as I can be." So. That's Lincoln Riley. You know, if, if you want to take his word for it, he's a, as far as we know, he everything he's told us has been 100% truth, so there's no reason to not believe him here. However, though, there, I had, watching it back, Grant, it was very weird. It Because sometimes, it, to me, it looked like Mayfield's arm was a little weak, if you will, but then all of a sudden he would kind of roll out and then put a lot of mustard on a, on a slant route to Mark Andrews, and I think, well, okay, maybe he is fine, but the thing is that was, that's that makes me really think okay something you know he's not like he's not dangling but i don't think he's 100 percent there like why why is there no deep shots there just isn't any deep shots which is puzzling to me i mean we saw it against texas to jeff Bidette. well did you lee they were kansas state had two deep safeties the entire game that was their entire game plan was was to to not allow the deep shots and it didn't. It did not work. I mean, well, they didn't right. allow it. They didn't allow a ton of deep shots, but they got absolutely shredded. I mean, they. It was. It was. The, it was the same. Kansas State did the same thing they do in every single game in the Big Twelve. They try to keep everything in front of them, and they try to. They they try to you know bludgeon you with their run game, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It generally never works against OU. Uh, at least not like it did uh, on on Saturday with with the run game. But no, I. Kansas State had two deep safeties the entire time, and I I think they were they were making they're making a point of, of stopping the long pass. So I guess I I'll I'll have to concede to you about you know Baker maybe not looking right or off. You were actually there, you were on, but from what I saw, he looked completely well, healthy. I didn't notice it in the moment when I was watching, but when I was watching back the film, and and I you know what, I guess this this is a good argument for you know I I kind of got something planted in my head, and then I was kind of looking for something. And I was thinking more about it, but now that I think more, now that I think more on it, I it, it's just it's super. The whole what really stands stands out to me is the the lack of a deep shot, which you just basically said, and I wasn't paying too close of attention that they had two deep safeties and they were preventing the deep throw. Okay, that's what they were trying. Ever since you, you even saw it on the sorry, I let, let's go back to the the Marquise Brown, the long the long uh, not touchdown, but the the long catch in the fourth quarter to set up the touchdown. He he caught that ball in front of two safeties. I mean, they they were that far back. Yeah. So he's. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's just that. I mean, I guess the the third down and one wildcat, and then the fourth down and one after a timeout just was. That's weird, man. And, and, got, I, and then and then they went back to it after the Jordan Thomas pick, and they went right back to they went to Kyler Murray. Yeah. And then and it and then they went to the Wildcat again, and they split Baker Mayfield out, and it was just like 
They went back to it again. In They've the never third, done in this the third before. Quarter two at the one yard line. Um, and I hate that. Just if you want to run the ball, get get in a formation and, and run the ball out of your regular offense. And I just put. And I was kind of disappointed in Dimitri Flowers too because I feel like his vision's really good and he was kind of just doing the generic like I'm just going to assume that I got this blocked and I got to follow my guys. I mean, there was times where he should have just he should have just trusted himself and bust. Busted it outside, see if he could outrun a linebacker or something like that. He's fast. Yeah, he could have gotten I, to the corner and got to the edge. Sure, I, I just, I just wish they just wouldn't. It's easy for me to say that. I get yeah. that, but, uh, I, but I'm I mean, just saying, it would have been I, nice. I, I just wish they just wouldn't call the play. I put, yeah, get. I mean, get in your regular offense and run the ball with Trey Sermon at the goal line. I, I just, I just don't understand that. The guy always falls forward. Just run the ball with your regular offense. Don't, don't throw out a formation that says, "Hey, hey, everybody, look, we're running the ball." And you know exactly what we're doing with our giant fullback. I, I don't like that. It's it's just it's not. I, I I've just I've never really liked special short yardage packages like that because all it does is just is tell the defense exactly what you're doing. And I've I've never liked it. Well, did you um, notice too on late in the first half when they split or when they motioned Mayfield out to play wide receiver and they had Flowers do the wildcat? Did you notice that they left Mayfield totally uncovered? Yeah, I did. Yeah, on one, on one of them they did. Yeah. Well, uh, no, they called timeout. Oklahoma called timeout, and they came back out, and Mayfield motioned out again, and they still left them uncovered. Well, yeah. I I mean, I'm, how, I'm, how do I'm, you – That's <laughs> I mean, Demetrius sure. Flowers could easily take the snap and just throw a little lofting Ex- ball over for an easy touchdown. Exactly. Baker but, Mayfield catches passes all throughout pregame every single game. Yeah, but you're actually – gonna trust Dimitri Flowers to throw it 30 yards in the air to Baker Mayfield sure I, I, there was I'm, there wasn't a play within 15 insane? yards of him are you insane I'm not <laughs> I am are you oh, kidding me there's I, you no. get a guy uncovered he's an athlete Dimitri Flowers can do everything okay. on the field are, they even okay. talked about how he could play quarterback weeks ago and they were giving it a good laugh Bo- okay, Baker bo- Mayfield said he could probably play quarterback better than him bottom okay bottom line bottom line is they need to scrap scrap it Scrap Wildcat. It's a totally point mood of whether or not they should be throwing to Baker Mayfield or not because the the play shouldn't exist in the first place. See, but that that so, adds to the. I feel like that, and we'll, we can end here. But that just adds to like the questions of like, is something wrong with Baker Mayfield? Because it was obviously not working, but they kept doing it <laughs> near the goal line to almost like avoid him getting hit or something. I don't know. It hopefully it's nothing, and we totally forget they, about this next week. But of course, but in the third, once they did finally just scrap the the Wildcat for the rest of the game, the, the Sooners went up 26 to 21 on a Baker Mayfield yeah, touch, touchdown that's a good run point. from the one. So yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, so he was fine. So I just yeah. don't, I just do that. And that was, Oh, it just for just a little Easter egg here for anybody who, who recognized that, uh, that touchdown run from Baker to go up, uh, to take their first lead of the game. That was the exact same play that they ran in, uh, in Knoxville against Tennessee when uh when baker scored in overtime to tie the game there if if you remember that play at all but i remember things like that so i just wanted to throw that i'm out sure there. a lot of people do yeah so uh but no i let's um let's go to the first the, the two real stars of the show we we've, we've mentioned baker obviously baker was was awesome on saturday night he was awesome he was yep. so good i it I, it just pains me so much that he's got to have that interception on his stat line too because he <laughs> he played so well. I mean that that both of his picks this year have just been great plays. Yeah, by but, the defender. Yeah, but he's he he had uh, you know he he's he's had a couple more that he should have that he hasn't, so it all evens out. Uh, but yeah, that's true. But Baker was so good in that game. I this might have been his best game of the season. He was that good. Um, 
Tevin completed over 70% of his passes again, maybe almost over 75% of his passes again. And he had three or four drops that, that shouldn't have gone against him. And then let's, let's bring up the other guy who is uh, Rodney Anderson, Lee. Rodney Anderson, mm-hmm. of course, had his, had his best game as a Sooner. He was he was so good, and and Lee once once Abdul Adams is back healthy, OU has three legit running backs they can give the ball to. How about that? Well, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and and you know, great job, Rodney Anderson. He has played really well the past two games. He had his best game as a Sooner against Texas, and then he even had a better game against Kansas State. And he he got a ton of touches and. I was wondering where's Trey Sermon for a lot of the game. I mean, he he took a back seat to Rodney Anderson. And you know what? I guess the the easy answer to that question is Lincoln Riley has said multiple times that hey, if a guy gets hot, we riot a certain player. And Rodney Anderson was certainly Rodney was a player hot. with the hot hand. Yeah. And so Lincoln Riley says that that's what they like to do, and and he he's a man of his word. And so that's probably what the answer is. But you know, why didn't we see a whole lot of Trey Sermon in the second half? Because Rodney Anderson played so well. Rodney Anderson and, uh, was a- I mean, catching the ball, running the football. And that last touchdown run was just a, a, a nice show of his strength to get off of a, a, yep. a, a would-be tackler near the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, and then get to the edge and then outrun the entire defense right to my camera. He came right at me all game. All the touchdowns were going away from me, Grant. But the biggest one of the night, right to me. Just wanted to throw that out there, and I was excited. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool way to end the game. I, I of course, before that, I, I actually had a premonition of that of that happening of Rodney scoring there, because it, it went through my head. I was like, in my years of being, uh, my years of OU fandom, going on about twenty years now, I've they've never won a game on a last second field goal, and it just it just never. I never felt like it was ever going to happen. It didn't feel like it was going to. And even in that moment, it didn't feel like it. In my head, I was like, I, I, I still don't think Cybert's going to get an opportunity here because I think they're going to score somehow. Somehow they're going to score here. And, of course, right then, that's, that's when Rodney took that play. And I, I watching it back, that's just a, that was a great run just to get to the edge because once he got to the edge, he was gone, um, just showing his speed. And uh, I – it's just never a bad thing to have three legitimate, really good running backs. And they all kind of do something totally different. Uh, Adams is kind of more of a, of a scat back. He catches the ball really well. Uh, maybe not as much of a, of a home run threat. Uh, Rodney Anderson's the home run threat, clearly. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, Trey Sermon who can just kind of grind out those tough yards and, and also blocks really well and catches the ball well. This is a really good group of running backs, and I, this this may have been the biggest question mark going into the season on the offensive side of the ball, and they've they've answered the bell. And I, I've said it numerous times. I think this is a top ten group in the country. Um, just a, a really good stable of running backs, and they're all young too. So we're going to be seeing a lot of these guys for a long time. And um, so if we if if we really want to be looking at the just kind of the positive aspects of the game, it's got to be Rodney Anderson, and just just add, add another one to the list of OU running backs who can. You know who, who they who they can give the ball to and, and trust. A note on Abdul Adams: I saw him on the field in pregame. He was in full uniform. He did have his right ankle pretty heavily taped, but uh, I mean, he didn't look like he was just like walking slowly. I mean, he, to me, it, it seemed like he might be kind of close. So Lincoln Riley said that Abdul Adams was close last week, and it seems like. He was close. Um, and another one final note on the running backs. I still want to see Marcellius Sutton get more touches, Grant. I want to see Marcellius Sutton get the ball more. And most of it has to do with the fact that I, I did predict him to have a, a big season. But mm-hmm. I think he's good. I think he had one carry, and he looked like 
Yeah, I he think had like he's four or five yards, and I just, you know, but it was a Rodney Anderson game, and I'm glad for Rodney Anderson. So good for him. Also, uh, Marquise Brown had a fantastic game, probably his best game as a Sooner as well, and uh, he was a, a a big play guy when it seemed like C.D. Lamb is still either. I, you know, I didn't watch it too closely, but I don't know if his he's not fully healthy yet, or if he was just covered very well all game. And uh, Jeff Bidette had some nice flashes in the first half, but he didn't do a whole lot in the second half. It was mostly just Marquise Brown. And then, of course, old, slow and steady Mark Andrews, with the exception of a drop, he had a very nice game as well. He had two drops, actually. Two drops Mm, um, in the second half. Um, Yeah, I I think I I have here in my notes, Lee, uh, it says receiver group is not a killer group, but it's deep. Lots of options. And that that does kind of seem Michael Jones, too, obviously. Michael Jones. Ha-ha. Michael Jones. Where's he been? Um, I you know it's really good to Great see him because he looked good. He looked really good. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of him, maybe not knowing the play or whatever, it, during Marquise Brown's almost circus catch touchdown, he was he was blocking downfield randomly, which was offensive pass interference, which kind of killed that drive and and made Oklahoma settle for a field goal. Which, by the way, Austin Seibert, great job, great yeah. job, Austin Seibert. We. Oklahoma needed both of those field goals. Sure, I, I know the punt thing happened, but you know what? That's fine. It does, doesn't happen a whole lot, and I know you feel bad about it, I'm sure, so no need to, to pile on there. No, but there's not. He, he kicked the ball well, kicked, kicked both of his field goals, and for the most part, he kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone when Oklahoma needed him to. Yeah, uh, I wanted to – Lee, you were on the field. How bad was the wind? Because I absolutely hated the whole squib kick uh, strategy. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think it was that bad, but I hated that. That I think. I think that's just classic example of Lincoln just trying to get too cute, trying to outthink himself. I, I hated that. Uh, I don't think it really did cost them much, but it could have. It seemed like they were playing with fire every time they did that. I just. I, I just don't like giving the ball to the other team automatically at the thirty-five or forty. It's just. Yeah, I, I didn't think the wind was bad enough for it to warrant. Uh that and honestly i was kind of curious why they were doing that i guess yeah it makes sense he was thought oh he's we're blowing into the wind we don't we don't want him to i guess we don't think he's going to be able to go as far but i, I don't know maybe, maybe once it gets up higher because like obviously i was on the field maybe you know the thought process is like the wind is more has more gusts up in the air where the ball will be if he kick it high and deep yeah but maybe, i mean yeah. i i don't know i didn't i didn't think the wind was actually that bad at all and it was supposed to be 25 30 mile an hour winds it wasn't it wasn't at all. It was it was a nice day. I mean, it really was. It was comfortable. Okay. Yeah. So and that's just another thing. You know, outside of the defense, I there was there really were just a couple head scratchers from Lincoln Riley, uh, with that wildcat. And then in the fourth quarter, the, the and he fl- admitted that. Yeah. He admitted that after the game too. He, you know, I mean, the, but once again, he, he called a great game. I mean, Oklahoma scored a lot of points and put up a lot of yards. Yeah. And the the flea flicker, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. That was a really stupid call in retrospect, he, of course. And he said, and he 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 said that too. He said, yeah, that was a that was a dumb call. Yeah. Kansas State actually they they called one of their very few you know blitzes of the game perfectly on that play. You know, otherwise I'd assume that the the play probably wouldn't have been as much of a disaster as it was. They they sent a corner on a blitz that just kind of blew the play up. Uh, and but, I had no idea that if you hand the ball off and then get it back on a flea flicker, you have to throw it to a wide receiver. I you have to have an intended yeah, target. I didn't you know that You can't just either. throw it away. I did not had know that no either. clue. Mm-hmm. What I a weird rule. Yeah. Um, I'm glad the referee explained that too, by the way, when he was uh, announcing the penalty. Anyways, go on. Yeah, and so j- just to put a bow on the offense, Lee, I, this offense is, is exactly where it needs to be. This offense is 
has been spectacular. I know it sometimes doesn't seem that way just based off of the close scores, the close games. This offense is just needs small refinement, and they're that small refinement literally from just not being stopped. That's how good the offense has been. It's just been small things that has been that have been stopping them. Um, and you know that's what happens when you have a really veteran seasoned offensive line, and then you have, you know, let's just say it now, maybe the best quarterback in the history of the program. So it, Baker Mayfield is just unreal. This offensive line's unreal. The running back group is is getting to the point where they're unreal. Uh, the receivers, I think, are solid and deep. This is this is a very very good offensive team. Still the best offense in the country and in the conference um, for my money. And I, I know the defense has really struggled, and I think they're they're likely to continue to struggle just because you know how how else can we think anything else? But the, the bright side is we you know we, we still do have Baker Mayfield. We have this offense, and the, the truth is this offense is going to keep the team in pretty much every single game they play in, just because they are that good. And I think Baker Mayfield does have that mentality to him where he feels like he is not going to let this team lose. Um, I hope that's the case. We'll, we'll see. Um, I'm, I've decided, I decided late last night that I'm just going to, I'm going to take this angle to it. I'm just, we, we know what this team is. We, we know that they're capable of some really great things. We know they're capable of some really ugly things. Um, but we might as well just enjoy the ride. Uh, this, this team feels a whole lot like last year's team. Uh, just, they give up a lot of big plays. Their offense is spectacular. Uh, there's just a lot of defensive inconsistency, a lot like last year. Uh, the, all of the problems that we've seen were, were the problems last year too. You know what? They, they still ran the table in the big 12 and, and, and were one of the best teams in the country at the end of the season. I, I'm not holding my breath for that to happen this year. Um, but you know, we, we, we can't dismiss the upper, you know, the possibility. So I, I, I think people just need to have fun with it. Enjoy watching Baker Mayfield. Uh, maybe the defense will throw in a couple of good, uh, performances, over the last five games of the season. That's what I'm hoping at least. Um, but for the most part, just try to have fun with it. Just enjoy watching Baker Mayfield for the last six, seven games he he has left in, you know, in an Oklahoma uniform. Yeah, sure. I mean, the guy's great. He's the best quarterback in college football, and it's it's going to be bizarre if he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy this year. If he doesn't win, it would be because maybe Oklahoma lost a game or two or he got injured or something like that. Because if you know they give it to a running back, if they give it to Saquon Barkley or something like that, and, and you know Baker Mayfield continues to have the season like he's having, that'll be a true shame. Uh, now that the schedule gets tough, which is crazy. Remember back at the start of the year, you're looking at Oklahoma's schedule, thinking, I mean, obviously Oklahoma State was circled, but I didn't think TCU would would be ranked in the top five at this time of the year. And all of a sudden, you know, you got Texas Tech, who's who struggled the past couple of weeks, going to be extremely ready and 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 eager to get after Oklahoma next week, then followed by Oklahoma State, TCU, and then they get a bit of a break with Kansas and then West Virginia. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, have fun with it, but really it's mainly watching Baker and Mayfield. It's 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 one of those things, man, like the way college football is set up, and I complained about this, I think, probably at the very beginning of our podcast weeks ago. I mean, Oklahoma used their mulligan. They used their mulligan against a, an Iowa State team who, at the time, we didn't think was very good, but has proven to be a very good football team. Iowa State's a darn good football team, and sidebar, Iowa State hosting TCU this Saturday is must-see TV. But, I, you know, Oklahoma slips up one more time, and, and as far as I'm concerned, this season will get real, real lame and boring real fast. And I don't even know if Baker Mayfield will be able to save that one, Grant, but that's just me looking at a glass-half-empty kind of point of view. 
Um, yeah, probably. I mean, last year they they knew that. You know, last year they knew that they they still probably had a loss to give in conference this year. That's not the case because they did lose in conference. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it, it depends on if they are going to lose. It depends on who they lose to. But it's yeah. I mean, they're they're in full on. You got to win out mode, and this is why we love college football. I mean, this is why it's interesting, and this is also why it's it's just so deflating too. And things you know don't go your way, but. Hey, this you know we have the opportunity these last five weeks. They could either be really, really awesome or just really disappointing. Yeah, you know, and hopefully it's it's the former. So, we'll, well find Baker out. Mayfield, the Sooners, that defense, like you said, that's, that's a great point you made earlier about how this time of the year is when they had the Tech game last year and turned things around. And that defense, of course, was much better following the Texas Tech game. I hope that's the way the defense reacts to this Kansas State game because. Again, you know, it, it, they played better. They played better in the second half, so that's something to hang the hat on. Also, I had one more point. Now I can't remember what it was. Ah, okay. Well, that's on me. Oh no, here we go. I got it. So at the, at this point, at this time last season, even though the defense was not playing that well, and then turned it around, Oklahoma had the same mentality of, "Hey, we got to win out to give ourselves a chance." Even with two losses, there was still that outside chance that Oklahoma could get to the playoff last season. And they did their job and won out, and they still weren't able to make it. So I guess you got to take the, some positive feelings in knowing that Oklahoma knows that they got to win out at this point. One more loss, they can't afford it. So it happened last year. It's comforting to know that it's possible for it to happen again this year. And Baker Mayfield said as much after the Iowa State loss a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, and they, you know what? And at the end of the day, they always have the, you know that that pocket ace in their pocket, you know, which is. Uh, you know, the win in Columbus at Ohio State. So uh, that's that that's going to carry them a long way if they do have one or, or two losses at the end of the season. I, I just t- take it one. I, I hope they take it one game at a, at a time. They they have a game coming up against Texas, Texas Tech next week where they really need to focus on getting better defensively uh, because you know they're playing a really good offense next week. An offense that has struggled over the last six quarters, um, admittedly. This might be the perfect time, though, for the defense to get right. Might also be the perfect time for Texas Tech to come in thinking nobody believes in us and, and come out and play really well too. So, we'll, we'll see. But it's we're, we're definitely you know we're at the end of October. This is kind of the nitty gritty, and this is when things get fun. Um, I like I said earlier, I'm I'm just I have so much fun watching Baker Mayfield play, and I just I I'm just looking forward to watching him again next week, and hopefully the defense can play a little bit better. That that's. That's all I have to say about it. I'm I'm not uh, I, I'm I'm not going to be one of those guys who is like, oh, the defense isn't that bad, guys. Don't worry about it. They got this. I I really don't know. They've they've given us uh, you know they planted a lot of seeds of doubt in our mind, and and I think I'm just being fair and, and saying, you know what, let's just let's roll out with our offense and just see what happens on defense, and you know, at the end of November, we'll see where they are. One last thing, Iowa State's defense is. A very conservative defense, a lot of zone coverage. We saw Iowa State's defense against Oklahoma, and that defense was able to slow down Tech and only hold the Red Raiders to 13 points. Oklahoma, the Sooners' defense is a lot more Iowa State than it is Texas and TCU. So if Iowa State was able to hold down Texas Tech, I I better darn hope that Oklahoma is able to slow down Tech as well. That is our show. The Red Raiders up next for the Sooners. A 7 o'clock kick in Norman, so primetime football from Owen Field. I'm sure Tech will be mad after getting blown out at home against Iowa State. Hopefully, though, this game goes similar to that other Texas Tech night game 
that we all witnessed back in 2008. That was a good one. Until next time, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.